Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepherd. Imagine climbing all 446 peaks in England and Wales in six months and then going on to do a very similar thing in Ireland, all whilst holding down a full-time job. That is exactly what today's guest did. His name is James Forrest. He is aptly known as the Mountain Man and he is on Why in the World. I want to go first with uh, with your nickname. I suppose it's kind of a nickname, the Mountain Man. Yes, I really like that. Yes, yeah, I really like, like a superhero it. or something. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. I've never wanted to be a superhero, I don't think, but yeah. I think I'd quite like to be the Mountain Man. Yeah, my brother keeps taking the mick out of me, saying that um, the mountains in England are just you know quite low, just rounded, <laughs> grassy hills. He's, he says I should be called Hill Boy, not Mountain Man. But... <laughs> Hill Boy. <laughs> get you some sort of light Mountain Man sounds cooler though, right? Mountain Man sounds really cool, really yeah. cool. How did you get that name? So, um, I guess to call yourself Mountain Man would be a very arrogant thing to do. Um, but when I did my challenge and climbed um, 446 mountains in 2017, uh, the Sunday Telegraph did a little piece about me and in their story they nicknamed me or labelled me Mountain Man so obviously when I saw that I was incredibly happy and I just latched onto it and uh, I've just kind of used it ever since so yeah so it's kind of like my alter ego I guess (laughs) So 446 mountains across England and Wales in 2017 where was that idea born to start with? In 2017 um, I was working part time I'd actually spent 2016 travelling around the world Um, going on crazy adventures I had a year off work um, and in 2017 I really wanted to do another big adventure but I had a job and I was trying to figure out a way of kind of going on a big adventure um, and integrating it around my everyday life and I stumbled across these two books they're called the um, Mountains of England and Wales by John and Ann Nuttall they list these 446 mountains just kind of had this idea this little seed of an idea could I climb them all in six months in 2017 do it on my weekends in my annual leave and my days off work and just went for it and it was like the adventure of a lifetime it was just amazing fun really indulging in my love of the mountains and yeah it was epic when you came up with this idea like that first sort of seed Mm -hmm. who did you go to first and "Ah, I've got this little thing it's niggling I want to do it yeah I suppose I like chatted it through with a few friends or um I was just kind of also just doing a back of the envelope job, just kind of like thinking how many days is it? How many days have I got to do it? How many mountains is it? Is it feasible? Um, but I'm not an over planner, so I just kind of kind of just wanted to... I thought it was vaguely feasible, but I just wanted to launch into it and not think too much mm. about it and just go for it. That's kind of the adventurous spirit in a way. So. Just went into it a little bit naive. Yeah, yeah, definitely very naive, yeah. Definitely very naive about... Um, how bad the weather in Britain is, mm. yeah. I should have gone for some sort of challenge like 446 mountains in uh, yeah, yeah, Barbados or something. <laughs> so yeah. come back with the best tan. Yeah. So when did it start in terms of month-wise? Yeah, so I started just mid-March um, and it, six months finished in mid-September. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's amazing to climb that many mountains in that many days. Was there any points that you thought, hmm, 
I'm not sure I'm going to be on for this. Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly hectic because I was doing it around my job. So it felt like my whole life was just mayhem and I was just getting behind on so many different things. Um, and it, at times was a little bit stressful, it was super hectic, but... I was loving it as well. I, I guess it was kind of, I was living this very strange double life. I was like, on my days off, I was this mad adventurer, throwing my kit in my car, driving off somewhere, sleeping in my tent, climbing loads of mountains. And then I had to get back to work the next mm. day and, and actually try and function as in normal society and get some was, work done. Literally was like you were a superhero. <laughs> you kind of use it. You, you were, yeah, essentially. You should have got changed in like a phone box <laughs> or something, like. <laughs> just got your Solomon kit and your tie and yeah, just like rip your shirt. Exactly, yeah. How are you cracking? So in terms of during the challenge then, what was your biggest day? Well, often I was going out for multiple days at a time um, and I'd be wild camping as well. So I'd put in some long days kind of um, I don't know, you know, like as soon as I woke up in my tent, probably 7am or something, and then just walk all day and set, set up my tent up the uh, that evening, you know, whenever it gets dark, 8, 9 o'clock. It, you know, it was just putting in as many miles as I could, but also I was kind of very careful not to treat the mountains like an assault course to be okay. completed in the fastest ever time. I do like the... Um, exercise. I love the physical challenge. I love the the way that pushes you and motivates you. But you've got to be careful to not lose the kind of spirituality of the mountains. I still wanted to. I still made sure that you know if there's this incredible view, I'm going to stop for five minutes and take it in, or I'm going to have half an hour to have my lunch and and feast on these views or feel that tranquility or escapism of the mountains. I didn't want to, it to become just a pure box ticking exercise because then it just becoming like a geeky version of uh, stamp collecting or yeah. something. So you got to be careful with peak bagging and I was just always careful to do that. Why the mountains? I've just always been drawn to mountains. Uh, I just There's something about them. I feel at home in them. I And I just get so much from the mountains. There's like the escapism, the connection to nature and the landscape. There's the like physical exercise, the like endorphin rush, those like happiness inducing endorphins you get from doing exercise the views i love the peace and tranquility or um, i love being alone in the mountains just they've always made me feel good about myself they made me relax de-stress put life's little problems into perspective just always feel quite a happy content person when i'm in the mountains so so many reasons really there's a lot of things and a lot of people right now about the outdoors and how it contributes to good mental health and things like that as well is that something you definitely have experienced oh for sure um so i mentioned a little bit earlier in 2016 i had a kind of very big change in my life i'd spent 10 years uh, living in birmingham working in an office and i decided that i wanted to live more adventurously and pursue my passions for the mountains more enthusiastically um and that old life in that old life, I was stressed, I was a bit down, I was a bit depressed, I was a bit of a negative person. I had some kind of mental health um, problems or issues, I guess nothing major, you know, this kind of low level stuff, stress and a bit of depression or what have you. But I think so many people go through that and always being outside and in the mountains, that always um, helped me with that. It always made me feel better, it made me feel happier. I just really think 
everyone can benefit from that and it doesn't even have to be anything it doesn't have to be huge adventures doesn't have to be anything as grand as climbing 446 mountains but if it is just on your Sunday every Sunday go for a walk or after if you had a stressful day at work go for an hour an hour's walk in the evening anything like that can really just boost your mood help you de-stress help relax you I just am 100% advocate of that i know people will always talk about exercise and oh exercise is great for the mental health and it is great for your mental health and then people will be like oh, go for a run do this do that for a lot of people going for a run is very very scary mm-hmm. but you can go for a walk whether it's just 500 meters down the road to start with mm-hmm. you can go for a walk yeah it's definitely one of those things that is accessible to everybody yeah really 100 it really is and i love that actually a little tactic that I use is integrating it into everyday life. So say for example, you've got to go to the shops to buy buy some milk. You've got to, um, you want to go out for a coffee. Mm. If it's like a five minute drive, well maybe turn it into a half an hour walk and then it's kind of integrated into your day, but you, it, you know, you're kind of making, uh, you're doing your exercise and it's just kind of practical and you feel like you're being productive and I just that kind of approach is brilliant because everyone's busy I'm when I'm busy at home or working you know time is of the essence but it's, it's just little things like that oh, I'm going to walk to to the shops rather than drive that always makes me feel better I, I, if I don't go walking at least for half an hour at least once a day i crawling the, the ceiling <laughs> I need to go yeah. I need to do something yeah. over those 446 summits uh, across England and Wales there must have been some amazing memories is mm-hmm. there anything that kind of sticks out for you yeah um, there's loads of memories um, some of the uh, mountains I camped on when there was amazing sunset or sunrise I love that so as I said I was often wild camping and there's something just really magical about sleeping under the that stars that scares me well yeah. camping. I don't know why it, well it is a bit scary um, I've had a few scary moments over the years but actually it's when you realise actually it's, it was way more scary uh, walking back from the pub at night in <laughs> Birmingham that's actually more dangerous than sleeping on a on a mountain yeah. by itself there's no like axe murderers wandering around the hills of uh, uh, Britain late at night um, be very rare if there was. It'd be very rare, yeah. I've had a few kind of scary, scary moments. I, I still do get a little bit anxious of every now and then a wild camping. Um, What's happened? Uh, there was one time I was in the Lake District and it's like 2, 3 a.m. And then I'm in like a deep sleep and then I'm suddenly kind of like rousing and, and waking up and I can just hear this voice out of the darkness. <laughs> I'm just by myself in my one-man tent and it's just going, is anybody there? is anybody there? Hello, is anybody there? And I'm like, suddenly wake up and I'm just like unbelievably alert and awake. I'm freaking out. Um, I might have in my mind kind of like exaggerated the eeriness (laughs) or like (laughs) kind of a supernaturalness of this voice. Uh, But it sounded like a witch's voice or something in my head. But it was um, was like mountain rescue team. They were looking for someone that had been lost in that area and they were just calling out, is anybody there? Who's there? hello or whatever um, but when you're alone in your tent <laughs> yeah, at 2, 3am that freaks horrendous. you out. Yeah. this is awful so wild camping was obviously something that you did a lot throughout that journey mm-hmm. and you said some of the days that you would probably consider your highlights were days that included something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. is there specific memories of any days that do stick out 
Once I was wild camping in the North Pennines, I actually didn't, didn't warm to the North Pennines that much. They weren't that dramatic. They were, you know, they were kind of a bit samey, quite kind of rounded hills. But then I'd gone through like a few days of rain, terrible weather, and then I just was camping on this one mountain and just had this most amazing sunset. And I was just sat there by myself, just boiling up a bit of dinner, just looking out over the rolling hills, fresh air. I just spent all day exercising. And I just always remember just feeling very content with life in that moment. And um, that kind of really struck with me. It was, you know, it's just a perfect evening. And, um, but it was, I remember just feeling very peaceful and tranquil and, and happy. Um, but like on top of the wild camping, some of my memories as well, just some of my favourite mountains. I love a bit of a dramatic mountain. So some of the scrambles I did, uh, like Snowden Horseshoe doing Crib Gark or Sharp Edge on Blencather or Striding Edge on Helvellyn. Those days like that are always really stick in my mind and uh, always like great, great memories. If you were going to take someone that hasn't done much mountaineering up a mountain mm -hmm. just to sort of show them mm -hmm. just to be like look this is what you get mm -hmm. where would you take them well I live in the Lake District so the Lake District is my favourite place so I'm a bit biased obviously uh, but yeah so I take them somewhere in the Lake District there's 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 loads that I love loads of places that can showcase the kind of beauty of the mountains of Britain and the wild places I don't know like Helvellyn Blencathra um, you Barrow, Hope Gillhead. There's just loads. They're coming out amazing. for a week instead of a day. Yeah, with you, exactly. Yeah, there's too many to choose from. Um, but I love Snowdonia as well. As I said, I love kind of rocky mountains. I love um, ridges and cliffs. And I'm no mount. I'm no mountaineer. I've got no idea how to tie a knot or, or abseil or anything like that. But I'm drawn to kind of dramatic mountains, and like Snowdonia is amazing for that as well. So. You know, Trafan or the Glidders or around Snowden is amazing as well. We took a load of listeners uh, for my breakfast show up Snowden for charity a little bit ago. And uh, do you know Alan Hinks? Mm -hmm. So Alan Hinks randomly turned up at the bottom okay. of the mountain and he, he he knew the guy that was sort of guiding us up. Oh, yes. And uh, he was like, oh, can I come? I was like, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Mate, of course. <laughs> and uh, he came on the show and we did a little interview with him. And then we were walking up the mountain and I've been up Snowden loads and loads of times but I was walking alongside of him just like having a little chin wag and halfway up we stopped and the listeners got out some food and we're having some food and stuff like that and he cracks out this pork pie oh yeah and he just starts chewing on this pork pie and he goes I took these up Everest with me I was like alright okay fueled his Everest uh, exactly uh, just attempt with melting ovaries <laughs> it was like oh the more jelly the better yeah the guy's got stories for days honestly uh, yeah is there anything legend. specifically you'd like to do in the future then because obviously you've done some incredible things so far mm -hmm. is there anything that you kind of think hmm I really, I really fancy that I'm here today to tell everyone that hiking is the best adventure sport um, and hikers are the best adventurers <laughs> no um, so yeah I'm just drawn to hiking and um, I really want to do like a long distance through hike so um, you know like a hiking every day like an A to B kind of long distance walk uh, I'm planning to go to New Zealand actually to do this at uh, the end of 2019 uh, there's a trail called Te Aroa and you 
start at the very top of the North Island, walk through the North Island and all the way down to the bottom of the South Island, um, 3,000 kilometres. So I've done loads of um, challenges and loads of hiking, but this will be my first ever kind of major mm-hmm. through hike. So I'm really drawn to that to see how that's going to compare to other things I've done, how I'm going to kind of cope with it and you know but I'm just super excited about as it as soon as we well. started talking about that your smile yeah. was <laughs> I did it boom. yeah you're just like super how long have you been thinking about something like that and so I've been thinking about it for a long time I mean always one of the challenges is just how you can get time off for things mm-hmm. how you're going to pay for these things it's always the kind of uh, tricky thing with adventuring how can you make it happen around everyday life um, but looks like I'm kind of going to have the opportunity so I'm going to kind of seize on it but I've been thinking about it for many years uh, over you know over the past few years I've done challenges in Britain cheap adventures and often integrating them around my job so so I've kind of taken that approach for for quite a while but kind of really excited to do something a bit different it's not just in england and wales though that you've mm-hmm. done the climb and you've done a lot of stuff in ireland mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. tell people what what you've done over there yeah so i went to ireland in uh august and september of 2018 uh, so it's very similar to my england and wales challenge but this time around i had like an intensive period uh, my bosses had given me two months off work as like a mini sabbatical. I uh, managed to convince them that uh, <laughs> that was a good idea. Um, and uh, yeah, so I went and climbed 273 mountains in Ireland. Uh, there are all the mountains over 600 metres. And so, yeah, I just kind of drove around, spent, uh, spent my time climbing those mountains and it was amazing. Despite terrible, horrific weather for most of it, Ireland is a beautiful country. I absolutely loved it. In terms of weather, because you've mentioned previously in this conversation, the weather in Britain isn't the best. No, it's not the greatest. Not always. Has there ever been a time you've been up somewhere and you've thought, this is too bad, man. Mm-hmm. I've got to turn around here. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yeah, um, I've definitely um, been in a few situations like that. The mountains are always in charge. You've got to kind of respect them. So I never wanted to kind of uh, take too many risks or, you know, you've got to be sensible, haven't you? You don't want to end up in a situation where you're calling mountain rescue or what have you. I remember once in Snowdonia, I was hiking and just this storm blew through is the winds were just horrific just really really bad they are bailed and slept in this um little mountain hut um which was so lucky that it was there i saw it on the map and that like uh saved me really from that storm i obviously i could have bailed and just dropped down and but i wanted to kind of carry on and uh, or i didn't want to sort of uh mess up my route so i just kind of sat out this night in this hut and got a bit of shelter and just recuperated and then the next day it was like glorious sunshine so it was just like really lucky um certainly in ireland when i was on the west coast some terrible terrible storms and that you know there's times where i felt like giving up really i just thought that i just i can't take any more of this it's just not fun but i'm pleased that I persevered because yeah, i didn't sure. want to be a quitter or whatever it's when i did um 10 days in a row I was on west western coast of Ireland, uh, counties like Mayo and Galway. Got some amazing mountains, but um, this was when Storm Alley was uh, oh, right, coming yeah. through uh, Ireland and England. I think it had blown over from America. And uh, it was 10 days I hiked in a row, and it was just torrential rain every day. And I was just like, 
oh my god what was my life um, but 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 the strange thing was um the more i suffered the more everyone on instagram absolutely loved it <laughs> it seemed like the more yeah the more kind of hardship i was going through people like really loved the story of that so um so there's kind of like a <laughs> a plus side in a way enjoying and I your pain yeah they really were and i kind of was losing my mind a little bit as well you could kind of either like cry in these situations or, or laugh and so I did have these few moments where i was kind of um laughing like a kind of evil baddie or something yeah just like cackling looking up to the skies as the torrential rain was pouring down on me hammering yeah. down yeah. battering and that's when you realise you, you're sort of slightly losing the plot out on an adventure <laughs> it's something you do really well actually sharing those moments on your Instagram and your Twitter or mm -hmm. even the book as well mm -hmm. now is that a big thing that you, you want to do to sort of promote the outdoors to people that maybe aren't as big a fans of the mm -hmm. outdoors as you are yeah Obviously, I'm kind of really keen to just encourage people to live more adventurously, mm. to spend more time outside. It's improved my life just unbelievably, and I think so many other people can can benefit from the outside. So I do hope that my Instagram and my social media and my book all help to encourage people to do that um, and hopefully are inspirational and, and all the rest of it. But I also like to try and be... Um, real. I'm, I'm not. I don't like to do every photo is a perfect shot or whatever. A lot. Hopefully, my Instagram shows that you know it does rain a lot. There is, you know, you gotta, you know, there's like have to be Yeah, there's there's a. Um, it's not looking at everything through rose tinted glasses, but I think people love that as well. That are kind of quite. Hopefully, I'm quite positive and just funny and take the mick out, out of myself in the face of adversity. So I think people generally quite like that I think you're very honest on there which I think is what people probably are drawn to the fact mm -hmm. that you are honest and look you've got a brilliant following and I think mm -hmm. you've got that following probably because you mm -hmm. are that honest because there are plenty of people out there mm -hmm. that are walking up mountains and taking very pretty photos mm -hmm. at the top mm -hmm. all the time and mm -hmm. you have some amazing photos but they're not totally honest with what it's like mm -hmm. until you've done some mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't really understand that yeah. do you yeah. at all no no so finishing up both those challenges then mm -hmm. the island challenge and the wales and england challenge topping out mm -hmm. on that last mountain mm -hmm. what was that like oh it's just like such a crazy mix of emotions uh both times it was quite similar it was just like pride and feeling elated and ecstatic and almost a little bit relieved that it's all over and just so excited about going back to normality and having a roof over your head and some proper meals and a chance to sleep in a proper bed but then also a bit of nostalgia for everything I've gone through a bit of sadness that it's all over so kind of just a crazy mix mm. of crazy mix of emotions but um, both times I've just always been so happy that I've done it that I've always I've really felt that I've squeezed every last drop out of life that I've really gone for it follow my passions that I could be doing something else but actually I've just made this happen and that that always feels feels great and I think everyone can can do it there's nothing necessarily particularly special about me why I've been able to do it a anyone can go on big adventures or come up with their own adventure plans it just takes a little bit of a bit of grit a bit of determination um but you know I've just really encourage anyone mm. to do it because I think it really does enhance your life and like you said as well a bit of naivety a bit of having that mm -hmm. idea and then just thinking 
I'm just going to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I can do, obviously, safely yeah, as well. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, these things are incredibly expensive, but they don't have to be that expensive. No, no, not at all. A lot of my adventures have been really, really cheap. I've been sleeping in my tent. I've been, you know, just eating simply, driving around in my car has often been the most expensive thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but my England and Wales challenge cost me less than a £1,000, you know, every night. Or, or night after night sleeping in your tent while camping that's just completely free yeah. on that challenge um, that was before I managed to get a nice sponsorship deal with Sullivan or whatever I was just going around in ripped waterproofs and really shoddy tatty old outdoors gear <laughs> rubbish tent really heavy backpack but you know it didn't none of that really mattered and none of that makes you you don't need any of that to go on a big adventure i mean as you say you've got to do things safely but i'm not i readily say i'm not brilliant at navigation i'm not i've got not that many technical skills in terms of mountaineering i'm not you know i'm not like some action man that knows how to build shelters and i do everything i just kind of like a bloke from birmingham and i've just kind of made it up or learned as i've gone and so it's kind of really that's really empowering though that you can go on a really big adventure where you don't have to be kenton cool or the um (laughs) (laughs) the uh ranolf fines or whatever to go on a big adventure you know stick a pair of boots on stick a pair of boots on waterproof and uh just go for it so how did you, I'm really interested in this, going from living in Birmingham, mm-hmm. like from a young age mm-hmm. and being really interested in the mountains, like mm-hmm. would, there must have been a, a point where that began. I always came on holidays to Lake District with my family, so that was the kind of seed of my love for the outdoors, I think, and especially my grandparents were both very into hiking they were ramblers and so they used to take me and my little brother out walking every weekend and on little trips to uh, the countryside so I did kind of really gain it from an early age and I loved it as a kid and I did as a kid often think you know I'm gonna live quite an outdoorsy lifestyle but then somewhere throughout my teenage years I kind of lost a bit of love for it and then after being 20 uh, to 30, then I was in this whole uh, ladder of like normal life, yeah. getting a job, getting a house, getting a car, being in relation- serious relationships, and then being on a ladder trying to get a slightly better job and then getting slightly better car and paying, having more bills. And I was like, did the, mm. what you're su- supposed to do in society and that kind of just always distracted me away from my kind of true love that the way I think of it now of the outdoors throughout those years like 20 to 30 I still did go for weekends and have had annual leave I'll go to the Lake District or go on little adventurous trips so it was always still there kind of bubbling away in the background but it was only when I just really decided no I'm not happy with this city life I I actually you know that is my true passion I want to pursue this more um, that I managed to change things around and figure out a way to make it more central Was there a specific moment then you just went bang? Not really often people like to think that there's some sort of epiphany (laughs) moment Yeah, the clouds part (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, but it didn't really happen like that it was more over perhaps quite a long period of time thinking about this 
mulling it over mm-hmm. and then slowly coming to the realisation and trialling a few things and it kind of slowly came together. So yeah, it was more of a kind of longer process really. It wasn't just was happy with my old life one day, woke up, epiphany, right, I'm changing everything. Didn't didn't really work like that. Why the Lake District as well? Obviously, like you said, you came here when you were a kid and stuff, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Why, why do you think the Lake District is so special to you? I think it is that kind of nostalgic thing. I think it must have been somewhere on those kind of like holidays as a kid that just resonated with me and I just always had this kind of deep connection with it this deep love for it so and it's just the best national park in Britain right <laughs> so yeah I, th- I think it must be that, that that must be the reason and now waking up here like it's mm-hmm. your home mm-hmm. you must wake up in the morning and think sick yeah. I can walk some home well let walk. me ask you this what, what, how do you envisage where I live what sort of uh, what do you think of my house is going to be like? Well, after we just talked about that little hut up Snowden, yeah. I've got a feeling like it's a little hut up Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not entirely sure. Yeah, it's like everyone thinks that like I've got a little, a beautiful, quaint little cottage. You've probably got like a, gorgeous, a uh, new build somewhere. Yeah, I have. I've got, <laughs> I live in a new build in Cockermouth, which is a town just outside the national park. So um, sadly, I haven't got the um, like incredibly beautiful. Um, uh, like views from my window or anything, uh, it actually um, overlooks the, the sewage works of the, uh, <laughs> okay. of the town. I'm jo- joking aside, I can get to Buttermere in 15 minutes or Lowe's Water in, in like 15 minutes. It just feels so nice. Like I'm a, in the middle of an adventure playground. There's just so much I can do right on my doorstep. So I just absolutely love that. And it's brilliant in the summer as well. Like after just of an evening, could go climb up climb up a mountain and it just feels amazing and I'm always really really happy to to live here Um, the reason I'm in Cockermouth is that another crucial aspect of being an adventurer is being frugal with your money so uh, if you go outside the national park you can just get <laughs> much cheaper accommodation just so, working out you're like yeah. on your calculator I can go to New Zealand yeah. in a year's time if I live here yeah exactly um, I just want to finish up mate by just asking about your book really because what sort of what sort of led you to it's a big thing and then mm-hmm. doing a book mm-hmm. what made you think I want to put this down well I've always written for magazines so as a freelancer I write for magazines about hiking and travel and the great outdoors mm-hmm. so I have always loved writing and when I did this big challenge at the time I didn't do it to think I'm going to write a book about it I did it because I wanted to spend time in the mountains but after it had finished and as I was thinking about it more I, I wanted to kind of like relive it and I wanted to put that pen to paper and remember all those good times and I hopefully as well thought that this the kind of narrative that I've done all of this and integrated it around my job I was still working four days a week I felt that was quite powerful so I hope that might inspire some people and and you know encourage other people to to do something similar and go on their own big adventures and then I was just in this perhaps in the right place in the right time got a deal and got the chance to write it and it was great the irony of it all is that obviously I did this challenge to uh, escape my desk and my laptop and to you know indulge in my love of the outdoors when you get a book deal with 80,000 word uh, (laughs) target you it's just like it definitely um meant that I had to chain myself to my laptop a little bit more than I would have liked but you take it up with you it's yeah. on the top of somewhere else it, yeah that, well that is 
That is a good approach if you can find somewhere with a good view. That's inspirational when you're writing. Where is it? Yeah. Oh, on the top of Snowden at the yeah. trick point again with his yeah. laptop. Yeah. <laughs> thank you to James for coming on Why in the World and thank you to him as well for having me in the head office of the Lake District National Park to record that conversation. I really enjoyed it and I hope you did too. If you did, please do review us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and write us some nice little words as well. On to next week's guest. I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with Laura Try. Laura rode the Atlantic at the beginning of this year and she is on next week's episode of Why in the World.